time to look back at the last Forge FC contest. Simply stunning stuff. And finally, their goal. Here is Match and Review. On the Forge Audio Network. Hello, Forge fans. Anthony Urcioli with you. It's the Forge Audio Network. This is Match in Review. Forge FC with a 2-0 victory over Vancouver FC. The final score looks convincing. For the most part, the match was convincing, but... There were some moments there where things were getting a little too close for comfort. And for whatever reason, Vancouver FC still remains a difficult opponent for this Forge club. But we'll get, we're going to get into it. And there's a lot to talk about because even though the scoring happened a little later in the match, uh, it was a pretty eventful game. So we're live here at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. I'm way up high looking down at the players as they shake hands. Uh, this is international night here at Tim Hortons Field. It's been incredible. I love, I'm so fascinated by people's backgrounds and ethnicities. And it's kind of great being able to look around and see everyone wave their flags. flags. Some flags I've never seen before. And Googling, like, what is that flag? Uh, it's, it's a great night. A raucous crowd, and uh, they were here to see three points in favor of Forge FC. Let's go right to the beginning. Starting lineups for your Forge FC coming out in their classic 4-3-3 fluid formation. Quasi uh, Poku starting at left wing, although uh, not great news on Poku. We'll get to that in a moment. Taryn Campbell. Starting down the middle, and David Chouanier on the right wing. Kyle Becker, Noah Jensen, and Alessandro Hojab Rapport down the middle. Matusala, Ashinodi Janssen, Mandrakar James, and Rama on the back end, and Tristan Henry in goal, of course. First half, you know, the game started as expected. I mean, Forge had between 75 to 80% of the possession for most of the first. 25 to 30 minutes or so. It was a slow start, though, in terms of chance creation. The urgency was not there, and there were moments where you were a little worried it was going to catch up to Forge FC uh, because they did lack a little bit of urgency, at least early on. There was an early substitution, though. Just 10 minutes in, Kwesi Poku pulled up with what appeared to be a lower body injury. Thank you, NHL, for the vague terms but uh looked lower body poku exited the game there is no update on his status uh but tristan borges came in and replaced him uh not a bad lineup when tristan borges comes off the bench and he made an immediate impact he drew a hard foul which probably should have been a booking to the right side of vancouver keeper callum irving uh the hardest working man in the cpl by the way and it happened just a few feet outside the area cal becker Went right at the target, and he forced Irving to punch the ball over the goal. Now, Forge started generating more chances starting around the 20-minute mark. Very calculated in their high press. We'll revisit the three keys going into this one, uh, but the press was a big part of it. I expected, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe there'd be a little more aggression in the press, but it was a, a, uh, a patient high press, waiting for Vancouver to make a bad pass or play a heavy touch. You know, and the reality is, you know, Vancouver, 
expansion club, last place, struggled all year. We get it. But, you know, this is not the Vancouver that we saw tonight at Tim Hortons Field was not the same Vancouver we saw the first time around back in the spring uh, when they made their first ever appearance at Tim Hortons Field. Because now they have, you know, Alejandro Diaz, Cantav, um, which are two newer veteran additions to the Vancouver lineup. I mean, those two have scored a lot of goals between the two of them over the years. Handal wasn't in the starting lineup, but he's shown a lot of quality this year. So there's some danger in this lineup. It's there. And that's why you risk, if you don't score early and often, you risk getting caught against this club. And it, Forge has against Vancouver this season. Uh, it's that last match in Vancouver. And Diaz, I mean, here's a guy who he won the golden boot with Pacific last season, and he left nearly halfway through the year to go play in Norway. Uh, his 13 goals in 18 matches led the league. So there's a lot of quality. And Forge, they still had to be mindful of their overaggression in their, in their press. So Vancouver defended very compactly, so much so that Forge had to sp- and, and you know they're very very comfortable attacking wide, and they did that. Their wingers were spread to the touch lines. Borges and Becker were especially active on the left side, switching the field at times to isolate Schwanier on the right. And, and Forge took what was given to them by attempting a lot of crosses, some near chances. Vancouver though. They had to know that Forge was going to take this approach, that they were going to take those wide areas, and they were prepared. They did a very nice job defending. Uh, but, you know, giving players with that much talent in Forge, that much space, you had to believe Forge would eventually find the back of the net, at least create some dangerous opportunities, if not in the first half, maybe in the second after some tweaks uh, by Bobby Smirniotis and the staff. Um, and they did, but we'll, we'll get there. And just to show you how... Bizarre. I mean, when these two clubs play, by the time they got to halftime, Forge's ball possession was at 64%. Expected goals, 0.25 for Forge, 0.20 for Vancouver. Almost dead even in terms of expected goals in that first half, despite the 64% possession. I don't. Vancouver had six shot attempts matching Forge's output. Both clubs had six shot attempts, but Vancouver did it with 36% of the possession. Again, they knew that they weren't going to get a ton of opportunities. So when they did, they took them to their credit. It's not a bad game plan. And both clubs hit the target just once each. So it it was, I think it was an ideal first half for Vancouver, honestly. Um, And and the stats kind of continue to tell that story. Dangerous attacks in that first half, 24 to 8 in favor of Forge FC, but they just, they, they were not, they're not taking their attempts and we're not hitting the target. Now, second half, Forge found a little more space down the middle. Taryn Campbell doing what he does, making good runs with seemingly limitless energy, never looks tired. Uh, but Forge was unable to turn their opportunities into big chances. Campbell very rarely f- uh, faced one defender. He was swarmed every time he touched the ball, every time the ball was at his feet, at least two guys on him, very tightly marked. And credit to Vancouver, and especially to Ibrahim Bakar, who's been a major bright spot for Vancouver this season on the back line. Um, yeah, he was a force, and he he had a big – I mean, if you're Vancouver and you see Taron Campbell in the lineup, you are saying, okay, um, he's going to be a handful – so 
first of all, we're, we're going to swarm him. We're going to make sure he's tightly marked. Uh, but also we have the one of the best defenders in the league in, in Bakar. And he showed exactly why he is one of those defenders. But, and we'll get to it as we revisit those three keys. But you can only take so much as a defender. I mean, when you are defending for seemingly the entire 90 minutes and you're having to face Taron Campbell, who's just, not only is he a load, just, I mean, his size, his strength, the way he leans on you. I mean, even that is exerting. But on top of that, he's so active off. Taron Campbell is a joy to watch no matter what. But off the ball, he's constantly moving. He's making his runs. And if you're a defender that is tasked with marking him, you have to keep up. And again, it takes a lot more energy as a defender because if you're Taron Campbell, you're just moving. But as a defender, you're reading, reacting, and then moving. It, 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 you exert more energy that way. It's a lot more tiring defending than it is attacking. And so eventually, as the game went on, right, you lean, you lean, you lean. And eventually that those defenders, typically, all it takes is that one split moment where they're a little tired, their timing is slightly off, their focus is off just a tiny bit because of the fatigue, and that's where you can capitalize. And that's where this game was headed. 57th minute, Vancouver made some notable changes, still scoreless. Notably, Handal replaced Kuntav, and right away, Handal made an impact. In fact, uh, Tristan Henry, who ended up with a clean sheet here, I have to look at the updated numbers. He's leading if at the very least he's tied for the lead in uh, in clean sheets. He was forced to make a potentially game-saving stop with the score at zero for both sides uh, sides kicking out his left foot. I can't remember if it was right. I wrote right, but now that I read right, I feel like it maybe have been his left. Either way, kicked out one of his feet. Um, and it was a Gabriel Batar attempt clean from inside the area. He had to be quick. He had to react Henry and, and he wasn't that active in terms of shot on target in this one. Uh, and he had to be ready. And, and trust me, this, this is from an area where players typically score. And the fact that Henry made the stop when I say game saving, I know Forge scored twice, but had that gone in, and now Forge is forced to play from behind and Vancouver can sit back and, you know, it, it, it puts Forge in a very tough spot having to now play from behind. That wasn't it. Henry was not done there. Two minutes later, perhaps an even bigger stop. Henry called upon again to make an unbelievable save from just a few feet out, laying out to knock the ball away with his left hand. It, the ball went off his left hand and then, it looked like it hit him in the face right after. So uh, double save, not officially, but we're going to call it a double save for Henry. And that came off the left foot of Hundal. So Henry went back to back within a span of two minutes, game saving stops for Forge FC. He has been doing it for, and he, the reason Tristan Henry does, he just, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He is the, by far, by far, he is, Okay, I won't say by far. Maybe that was excessive, but I will say this. He is, in my opinion, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the best goalkeeper in this league's history consistently year after year. The reason he doesn't quite get the recognition is because his team is so good and because the possession is so good. But we, when you watch it, you can see it. 
game-saving stops, game in, game out from Tristan Henry. And it's even more difficult to do when you're not seeing a lot of action, when you're only getting one to three shots against on target per match. It is that much more difficult to remain sharp and to make those saves and to keep your team in it, to keep them ahead, uh, to keep them... uh, to prevent them from going down regardless. And they always seem to be timely, all these Henry saves. Uh, I mean, he's had some of the best performances I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. And in this match, I, the reason I'm, I'm harping on it is because these are the things that get lost when you see a 2-0 no win and you go and you look at the possession, you go, oh, Forge dominated. Henry absolutely saved this game on multiple occasions. Doesn't mean Forge would have lost or lost points, but in that moment... They were game saving because Forge could not afford to go down against this club, against Vancouver, um, you know, with 25 to 30 minutes left in the match. Okay, so Tristan Henry, we, we always have to make sure he gets the full credit because sometimes he, he gets overlooked and it's not fair. 66th minute, Forge, they start making their subs and these were huge subs. Credit to not just the players, but the coaching staff, perhaps sensing that Forge needed a bit of a spark as the game was just kind of weighing on them a little bit. And Pasias and Sissoko come in. Jensen, Schwanier off. It leads to an immediate, immediate opportunity. Borges going through defender's legs. Uh, but the ensuing attempt from Campbell gets blocked with what appeared to be a left hand away from the defender's body. Probably should have been a penalty, but there's no... VAR in this league, and thus it was not called, and Vancouver was able to clear. And then it happened. 71st minute. The first of the two super subs, Abubakar Sissoko. If there's anyone, I it's a little extra satisfying when Sissoko winds up on the score sheet, because Speaking of guys who don't necessarily get all the credit or enough credit, I mean, when you're talking box-to-box midfielder with just an engine that never seems to slow down or die or rust, Sissoko just so reliable, does his job, works so hard, and he gets rewarded, sliced his way into the middle of the pitch from the right side. I thought maybe he'd give it a go with his left, but he uses the outside of his right foot to beat Callum Irving. One nothing Forge. Goalless drought against Vancouver ends at 250 minutes this season. It was the first ever goal by Forge against Vancouver. They had gone 250 minutes without scoring against this club. And now they're on the score sheet. One nothing Forge. And then floodgates. They just creaked open a little bit because two minutes later. Super sub part two. Kyle Beckard on the left side, left-footed low delivery, finds Wubens Pasias, who slides to push the ball in. It's 2-0 at that point. Forge, the fans, everyone's feeling it on international night. And in the 80th minute, some final subs for Forge, uh, completing all five. Ashton Morgan, Kane, both come in. And Kyle Becker and Taryn Campbell, who work their butts off, get a bit of a break until the next match. And that's how the match ended. 2-0 was your final. 
Vancouver did get some opportunities in the dying minutes, but again, Forge held strong. They defended well. Tristan Henry came up big when he needed it. A complete effort from all the guys, top to bottom. And the final stats at the game's conclusion. Expected goals in this one, 1.53 for Forge, 0.76 for Vancouver. Ball possession at 58%. I mentioned early in the match, it was around like 77. So it did creep down as the game went on. I don't know what it was, but Forge kind of lost their mojo a little bit. The subs made a huge impact. And, um, you know, I still say give credit to, to Vancouver. Um, I think they came in. I think they played. I think they executed their game plan. And had it not been for Tristan Henry, we may be looking at a different result. But regardless, Forge comes out with three massive. They could not have. This was the kind of match where dropping points was not an option for Forge FC. Not after that win against Pacific. Not while you're in the hunt for first place. Not with Cavalry coming up next week. Not with these struggles at home this season to to pick up results. This was a must-win, must-three-points match, and Forge got it done. And at the end, dangerous attacks, 48-29 to in favor of Forge FC. And an updated look at the standings at the conclusion of this match. Guess what? Forge FC alone in first place. Now, Calvary still has to play. Pacific still has to play. But still, nice, nice. It's it's a nice. Uh, go go to the standings right now. Give it a screenshot. Stare at it for a while. Um, it's nice to see after some of the ups and downs this season. The goal differential, which had been very fairly even throughout the year, there's now some separation. Right, they're plus six with twenty five for uh, nineteen against. I. I'm, I, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I think the goals against goals conceded per match forge is on top of the league right now. Tristan Henry, another clean sheet and forge have now they're unbeaten in their last four, three of those wins. So three sit picking up 10 points out of a possible 12 in your last four matches is very good. And again, I know we, we repeat it every time we talk, but, you're playing not maybe not tonight. You're not playing against a team you're competing against, but every week or every other week, you're likely going to be competing against a club that is chasing you or you are chasing because things are so tight right now from forge to Atletico Ottawa. That's one to six. There's only an eight point difference. And, uh, Ottawa has two matches in hand on, on forge. So it is very, very, this, season is the regular season title will undoubtedly come down to the final week of the season. And uh, that's, it's a great thing for the league. I mean, I had said it, you know, Atletico Ottawa, I, I swear every time I look, Ottawa seems to be winning every week. Now they lost their last match, but every time I look, Ottawa win, 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 draw, picking up points. And I mean, the kind of running joke this season is you can go from winning a match and ending up in second place, and at the conclusion of all the matches, you can drop down to seventh. I mean, it's been that tight this season for all the clubs. But right now, Forge FC in first place, two points up on Cavalry, three up on Pacific. Cavalry and Pacific, though, do have two matches in hand. 
and we'll talk about next week's week's match uh, in seconds. First, though, let's revisit those three keys to the match for Forge FC. Usually, when we get at least two checks out of the three, it's it's been a virtually guaranteed three points. So let, let's take a look. Key number one for Forge coming in, Spirit Breakers. The whole idea being you're playing against a last-place expansion club who you have yet to beat this season, who have yet to score on this season. This had to be a statement match. Score early, often, dominate, prove, show why you are Forge and why they are an expansion club. Uh, not that it's their fault, but it, based on the last two results, there, there was some proving. That some, so, so there was something to prove here for Forge FC. Now, do they get a check? Yes. Not a definitive. It, it's, it's a slow check, only because it took a little too long for comfort for Forge FC to finally score their goal. But it came. They pressed. They leaned on that Vancouver defense, and eventually they broke them. And that is the that's in that's what we're talking about. That's where spirit breakers come from. So we'll give it a check. That's number one. Key number two was keep carving. And and the, the fact of the matter was Forge has been clinical in their last few weeks in the way they've been attacking. It's so fluid. It's a well-oiled machine. It, it's total football. It's Bobby Ball. It's clean. It's it's very it's pretty to watch. And they brought more of that this week with their possession, with their ball movement. The issues tonight came with that just that that final touch in the final third wasn't quite there until it was uh, late in the game. Uh, but they carved. I mean, Sissoko's goal was a perfect example. He starts on the right, sees a little lane down the middle, so he kind of moves, moves, shimmies sideways, kind of takes a diagonal run, Looks like he's going to take one with his left, but surprises the keeper uh, by kicking with the outside of his right. And it ends up in the first goal of the match and, and the winning goal. And he carved, and that was the key. Keep carving. That's two checks. We're well on our way to three points. Did we connect on the third? Yeah. I mean, the third was pretty straightforward. It was the high press. Hit him with the high press. Vancouver prone to mistakes on the back line, particularly from their goalkeeper, who is sometimes forced to do a little too much, feeling some pressure because his club doesn't score a lot. And so Caleb Irving is susceptible to mistakes, as are um, a lot of the young players on this, because it is an expansion club. And there are a lot of young, there's a lot of youth on this team. And the high press was going to cause difficulty. Did it directly result in a goal? Uh, but no, they made it tr- uh, they made it hard on Vancouver trying to build from the back. So that's a third check. Third is guaranteed victory. I mean, two out of three, you're on your way. Three out of three checks. It is a guarantee. And that is why Forge finished this night with a two-nothing victory. They can enjoy their week now. They get the full week because they're in action again on Friday, August 4th. Nine o'clock Eastern, Cavalry FC, the home club, Forge FC, the away club, at Cofield, Foothills County, Alberta. And this is a big one because uh, more than likely first place will be on the line in that match the same way it was against Pacific where Forge came out and stunned. Stunned Pacific with a 2 nothing win last week. After that match, Forge, come, again, like this... This is what I'm talking about. These matches, you're, you're you're constantly playing the teams you're battling with. So it's Calvary coming up. After that, Forge back home 
You get a little over a week. It's a Saturday, August 12th game, 7 o'clock, right here at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. York, United, coming into Hamilton to take on Forge. York, probably a little salty after losing 4 nothing at home to Forge just a few weeks ago. And York is in the thick of a playoff race right now. Um, and they, they, they've they've drawn and won since that match against Forge, so they, they bounce back a little bit. York now in fourth place, which is a playoff spot, um, and they're only five points back of Forge right now with a match in hand and a game to be played this week. So we'll see what that result is. I mean, that could be a match for first place in a couple of weeks, and this is what the league brings, and it's a great thing. It People don't necessarily like the added playoff team. Maybe the page playoff system is a little confusing for them, but at the end of the day, it makes a for a more competitive league, it creates a a bye week in a sense for the top two clubs in that they have two paths to the final where they can lose their opening match and still make it. Um, yeah, listen, I'm into it. I like it. Anything that makes these games more competitive down the stretch is, is good to me. So that is what we're looking at. Your final, once again, from Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton on a Friday night as I watch the families on the pitch. And it is a crowded pitch with a lot of families out there waving the flags of their home nations on international nights. And we will likely see them back and hopefully we'll see you at the next home match on August 12th against York. Until then, make sure you subscribe to the Forge Audio Network if you're not getting me with the match day previews and match in reviews you are getting Mackenzie giving you Forge Daily and Behind the Beard and player interviews, and, and she's doing some amazing stuff. So happy to tag team this for you. And until we speak next time, enjoy your week. This has been Match in Review with Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. For the latest on all things Forge FC, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.